What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Middle call! Hey, behaves! Podcast out on a Friday. Woo! Super Bowl bound. Woo! Sources say boots on the ground, baby. Ham does the Super Bowl. Middlecoff does the Super Bowl. Week. Let's, let's lock Go in. Be Papa's, I think that'd be Papa's spotter. Kick <laughs> Derek Papa out of the booth. Do you think Derek Papa's going to the game? Yes. I haven't asked him, but my guess is yes. He'd be crazy not to. I could see I could see him wearing like a Raider undershirt. <laughs> you, have you ever been there to the Miami football stadium? No, no. Have you? It's yeah, it's kind of a dump. I mean, I went in eleven. They clearly did an addition right over the last like six or seven years. Because I've heard, Ste- I, I haven't, I've, I don't know if I've watched a football game played in Miami in a long time. Yeah, I've heard Stephen Ross say that he thinks is like one of the nicer ones, but it's all the addition. Remember, they put a roof. They added a roof. They, mm. they did an addition, but it's vaguely. I'm telling you, it's it's much closer to the Coliseum slash Candlestick than it is fucking the new ones. I mean, it's clearly they go oh, to Legion Miami. Air, yeah, they, they they go to my they go to Miami for Miami, but it ain't the stadium. But it shows you like it doesn't really. No one ever complains about the shitty stadium when it's in a shoot, shoot, nice spot. They're like, oh, Coliseum's a dump. Yeah, because that air Hagenberger sucks. You put the Coliseum in fucking Tempe, Arizona. You're like, oh, Scottsdale, I'm sweet. You know, just shows you location, location, location. Mm-hmm. Say, I mean, it wasn't a shot at the Coliseum. I actually enjoyed the same thing with Candlestick. Like that place was yeah. a shithole over there. Uh, I, well, I I would say this in 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 the ways, just in terms of practicality, I like the Coliseum more than Candlestick. Well, it was just much easier to get in. Yeah, well, that's the main. I, I would say I would say this better place than even the Coliseum was Oracle. There'd be nothing like flying into a Warrior game, flying out. Mm-hmm. It was it was great. Now you you could argue for if you live in the city, Chase is easier to attain than Oracle. Yeah, I mean, uh, but it's not super easy. Uh, yeah, I mean, how long? Yeah. What's a cab ride? Twenty five minutes. Yeah, which even though it's like two miles. Right. Couldn't you just take yeah. golf over the city and take you right over there? 
I guess you have to like kind of turn once you get over there. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the it's the downtown ish area that that slows you down. That is true, very true. Um, yeah, doesn't feel like uh, I'm I'm ready for like Monday to be here for it to feel like the Super Bowl is here. Yeah, kind of it kind of feels sweet Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then you're just like, well. I can only watch so much fucking Zion. I mean, can we uh, can we get a little football go back? No, on? you literally can only watch so much because they take him out of the game. You're not allowed to watch. <laughs> yeah, and, and, like it's enjoyable. Get him out of there. The Pro Bowl highlights I can't really take seriously. I just see things on like Instagram of them practicing. So I, uh, I I'm ready to. Uh, I'm ready right. to. Let's dive into it. Before we do, though, let's tell the people thank you for your support, continued support of the podcast. This podcast brought to you in part by Untuck It specifically designed to be worn untucked or for drinks with Brett Veach. Untuck It is the brand shirt you've been looking for, and uh, we've been telling you about it for a long time. they got something for everybody. Yep, guy. Visit untuckit.com, promo code HAM, 20% off. I have I, – I counted yesterday. I was doing a little spring cleaning, even though it's the winter. And little I, inventory? I, I, well, I just have a lot of untucked shirts. I was just getting rid of some old shirts because once you wear a shirt like Untuck It and it fits perfectly – you realize, you know, the big baggy, some of the nice yeah. shirts that you used to get in your like late 20s that were hand-me-downs from your family's richer friends. You're like, I, this shit doesn't even fit. And it's why I love Untuck It. It looks smooth. It looks good. It's not just button-up shirts. I have collared shirts. They have just all sorts of stuff. You can wear them hanging out at the Super Bowl. You can wear them on a date. You can wear them to the Super Bowl. They just work for everything. You know, there's, there's nothing. You can wear them to work. You can wear them just like casual in your house. Uh, you can just roll up the sleeves so you always look like you're working like Jim Cramer. Uh, you name it, the Untucked shirt looks good doing it. Untucked.com, promo code HAM, 20% off. Get on it, people. Try uh, try it on in person, one of Untucked's 50 stores. You go to Untucked.com. They offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the U.S. And like John said, you get 20% off your first order by using the code HAM at checkout. That's Untucked.com slash HAM. Podcast also brought to you by Upstart. This is you talk about your spring cleaning in the winter, John. This is another thing you got to take care of right now. Upstart is here to help you. Upstart is the revolutionary lending platform that offers smarter rates to help you pay off your high interest credit card debt at upstart.com/ham. Think about it, guy. upstart.com/ham. Uh they believe just like me and Haberman do, you're more than a credit score. Uh they believe in you. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate. Because it's just a soft pull guy. It won't affect your credit score. The no hard, hard pull. pull. No hard pull. Nope. The soft pull. Yep, soft pull. The best part, once the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. The next business day, over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. Free yourself, guy, from the burden of high-interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. See why Upstart's ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot. Hurry to upstart.com slash ham to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate can only take a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash ham. All right, uh, next week, let's talk about this. Now, I'm sure there will always be – this is the beauty of the Super Bowl, John, is storylines come out of left field on, like, Wednesday. Somebody, hopefully, nobody involved in these two teams does something stupid in the middle of the night. Uh, They're going for a long time. The Niners are going Sunday. I mean, that's a long time. God. Long time, John. But uh, there's always just storylines that pop up. Somebody says a former player says something crazy, right? It's usually one of those. 
These guys are on radio row for hours a day. So when you're sitting up there on the Cowherd set, presumably on maybe Wednesday, primo time slot, uh, what will be the storylines of next week? So we, we I, this, I, I texted Goulet. I was like, you guys open? He's like, well, we're filling up fast, you know, Montana. And I was like, uh, yeah, you know, this, this other hey, guy's Hey, if you come. run into Joe, maybe just uh, tell him we're happy to come, at, come, come record at his house sometime. That's a good call. Well, don't you know, worry. I'll have a book, microphone on me at all times. Book get a some little, guests, John. I will. Yo, are you going to record some liners? Well, I mean, I have to. I mean, hands paying for it, so shit. I, yeah, I, I got everything. <laughs> You're listening. Hey, this is Joe Montana. You're listening to my favorite <laughs> podcast in the Bay Area. Um, God damn it, Joe! Take down the Chiefs jersey. So some of my make make a pick really quick before we do the headlines. I got to do two corrections because I've said a couple things and I've had a couple people DM me be like, "Middle clock, you're just wrong." I said okay. Walsh was 60 years old when he got hired. He was 48. Felt like he was older. More you know, white hair. You said that on this podcast. Yeah, I said it on this podcast. Don't and, people realize sometimes you're just kind of flowing? But but you know? but here's the thing, guy. I believed yeah. that. I don't know why oh. I believe that. It wasn't just I said it. I, I honestly thought he was like 62 years old because that's had always been said. The other Sorry thing, I, didn't catch I, that. I said this. Bad. bad partner. It shows you not a great history buff for the league. Uh, I said the Chiefs had never won an AFC Championship game. I did mention a couple times. I think they'd never been to an AFC Championship game. Not true. Montana, 93. And this, it kind of makes sense. Did lead them to their last AFC Championship game against the Bills. Hmm. I Googled, I wikied the game. He got knocked out of that game with a concussion. I didn't know they even had concussions in the mid-90s, early 90s. And he didn't come back in the third quarter. Well, yeah, I mean, those must have been ones that really actually knocked you out. Yeah, I bet if we YouTubed it. Not you telling the doctor, like, hey, man, I'm good. Yeah, was he lying there unconscious on the field after Bruce Smith slammed him? I would imagine it wasn't just like, Joe, you got your bell rung? Yeah, I can't see straight. Oh, go to the tent. You know, like, did he get carted off the field? Uh, so, yeah, Montana did take him there. Which, I think getting back to our conversation earlier on Montana with the Chiefs, it's like, let's not act like he went 6-10, and 6-10 and 10 there. He did have some pretty fucking sweet moments. I bet to him, obviously it wasn't the Niners, but for an older Chiefs fan, if you're like 50, that Montana couple years was pretty badass, right? You got Joe freaking Montana, and he leads you to the AFC Championship game? Uh, Quote, the last concussion hurt. It was like a lightning bolt went through my head. (laughs) Would you agree that if you don't see, like, the old-time just players in general, the way they're somewhat dismissive of a concussion? Like, yeah, we just shook it off. They threw us back out there. You usually don't see quotes like that, so he clearly was in a lot of pain. Yeah, I mean, if he... So that year, ninety three, uh, right? He was. I mean, you know, it's okay, everybody. Let's go into a time machine. He was sixteen touchdowns, nine picks, and fourteen starts. Okay. Can you imagine if Jimmy uh, did that? <laughs> threw for thirty two hundred yards. Um, it's it, just reading that quote from him because the the context was from a few years ago. He says this is before. Uh, Tell the truth was uh, fixing uh, reports, according to the latest report. I don't know if you saw that one, but there were, might have been some funny business going on with all those uh, CTE reports. When was that? Well, there was a report a couple days ago that other CTE doctors know that this guy was, I again, didn't read the story, but there's something fishy going on there with uh, Dr. Olamalu and that it might not have been as clear-cut as he made it seem. Now, I, I did read that story and think, okay, which reporter got handed this by uh, – 
with the NFL's front office. But, but wouldn't you say it, it is somewhat believable? Like, I think we're at the point now where weird shit happened, but also is some of these extremes, is everything believable? Was tell the truth guy taking some liberties because he wanted to believe something? We, we all do it. It's, we're all humans. So the story, here's the headline, John, and this is all I'll read. Uh, how uh, From scientist to salesman, how Bennett Omalu, doctor of concussion, built a career on distorted science. Were you shocked that, that that movie was a flop in the box office? Stunned, Middlecoff. <laughs> yeah, I, there are some times, I've told you this, or, or listeners know this, My super one of my special powers, I can watch a preview. The other one that I don't know who was going to go see was the one with uh, uh, Meg, the Megyn Kelly movie. Yeah, I, 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 was, I assumed it was a Netflix film the whole time I was watching all these previews. And then I'm like, you guys are putting that in theaters? Was that a big flop? Yes. Yeah. You know what's crazy is it doesn't Waiting feel that long well. ago, but you're like, you know, most of our listeners, if they're 25, they were like four. We were all really young. He played 93, 94. I think that was his first season there. The 93 year was the year he got concussed in the AFC Championship. Yeah. Do you know what else is crazy about Montana? Is that when you think about Montana, I think more mid to early 80s, like was his peak. Like he drafted in 79, Super Bowl in 81, 84. He won two NFL MVPs. They happened in 89 and 90. So I, I yeah. when the Chiefs go, well, we just got a guy that was the MVP of the league a couple years ago. Yeah, he's had some back injuries, but still relatively elbow. young. Missed a season. With the elbow injury. Mm-hmm. So he was a pretty weathered. He was 36, 37 yeah. by the time they got him. And back then, um, when you say 37, would be like the equivalent of today's 45, just with back injuries, elbow injuries, just the way LT slamming him on the ground. Yeah, knee injuries. Yeah. And you, you know. just look at him, you go, well, he's just not that big, right? Like you see Marino, you go, Jesus Christ, Dan Marino. Or Elway, they are huge humans. Did you see the thing that went viral yesterday? I mean, not viral, but... It just got retweeted when Eli uh, retired. It's the it's the ESPN commercial with Peyton and Eli. And one thing that I noticed in that commercial is John Anderson, the ESPN anchor, is probably a bigger guy, right? I would imagine he's six. He is. I've seen him. Yeah, I've seen him at. The, I remember seeing him wearing a backpack at one of the Warriors NBA Finals games. So he's not like your five seven media guy. And Archie, who also an NFL quarterback. My guess is Archie Manning. We've rented him that one year at the Super Bowl. He's not small either. Well, Peyton and Eli are behind him. They all kind of look like normal-sized humans. (laughs) Peyton and Eli couldn't be any further away from being normal-sized humans. It was just a great commercial, you know, when he gives them the wet willy and then Peyton kicks him in the leg and Archie looks back. Back when ESPN was cool. I forgot about that commercial. Yeah, it was really good. Remember Peyton fucking sidekicks him in the back of the calf? And they almost start fighting behind him as they're walking through the halls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the best part. <laughs> and then Archie looks back, like, relax. And right, don't, don't talk too much about Eli. We want to talk about Eli later. All right. Uh, next week's storylines. Should we just alternate our storylines for next week? Yeah. And you guys can tweet some at us, too. Instagram, DM us. Let's move some of you to Instagram, okay? Um, all right, number one. I'll start with the real one. And this is – uh, We'll I'll go. I'll, we'll balance. We'll go. Yeah, real. we'll balance. Okay. okay, I got some fake ones. I mean, they're real, but uh, D Ford. Like we started, the, this guy was traded by the Chiefs after he had one of the all-time, uh, uh, as you know, in the 1920s, you would have said this boners. 
Yeah. Back then, a boner was just a mistake. Uh, lining up offsides. They would have led him to the AFC Championship game. Tom, yes. Tom Brady threw an interception on the play. An interception. But it wasn't just like randomly. Like, it's not like, oh, they just traded him the Niners. He was franchise tagged. Like, he was a good player. He went to the Pro Bowl last year. Franchise tagged and traded for second round picks. He, he didn't just come for nothing. And the Niners gave him a decent chunk of cash. Like, it was a, wouldn't you say, relatively big transaction on both sides? Yeah. And it led them to then tra- trading for Frank Clark, who's a first-round player. Like, it was a pretty big domino. Like, the, right. the Chiefs basically just said, we think this guy is better than you. And we had drafted him. And I don't think the Niners, be- like, said that we think D. Ford's better than Frank Clark, because I think they would agree Frank Clark's better, but... They weren't going to trade. Well, I mean, they didn't have a first-round pick to trade for Frank Clark, right? You weren't going to trade the second overall pick, so that wasn't an option. Not like Seattle would have traded them for Frank Clark anyway. And the D Ford, like D Ford, is a perfect fit in this one-gap scheme. I, I actually think if D Ford is just healthy, it's a win-win all around. Like the Seattle got a first; they didn't want the guy. Chiefs got a guy that they, they wanted Frank Clark a lot for run support. Like, they needed to get better against the run, and he's just a dominant run defender on top of being a good pass rusher. D. Ford, glorified pass rusher. Not glorified. It's what he is, strictly a pass rusher. And that's kind of what the Niners just wanted, a true speed rusher. In a perfect world, that would have been Solomon Thomas, but as we know, it's not. So it was kind of this huge, like, domino effect with all three good teams. Right? And then it led to Clowney with Seattle. It was just, it was kind of a crazy, just three teams that turns out to be playoff teams, all kind of transferred players. And the Texans just end up with nothing. Um, but the good news for the Niners, John, at the end is like for all the, the stuff over the course of the year where they were not healthy, he's healthy ish. He's playing in the Super Bowl, right? He's going to play in the Super Bowl. Starter, so he starter make- in the Super Bowl. He can make he started so he can make the whole thing worth it. Second round pick, you he makes a one play in this game and they win the game. You never for a second will think about that pick again until the Chiefs are making it. And you know what this type of transaction is like uh the worst trades, right? Or when you trade or uh, sign a player, a big money player and then he stinks, right? Like Namdi Asamoa. That sucks. Right. I mean, that's the worst case in sports. Uh, who was the Yankee guy? Was it Ellsbury? Now, was he in Kobe? Yeah. And he just – was he injured a lot or did he just start sinking? Yeah, injured. I think he had knee issues. It, it, hap- it definitely happens in baseball. But it happens in football too. Like you just sign a guy and you're just like, what? This one, wouldn't you say that it's pretty clear like when D's on the field and he's healthy, like he's worth – like he's an impact player. So you go, yeah. okay, you guys understand the value. It's just now the health. Right. And that's where it's like – I think it helped early on in the season he was playing and making plays that it was easier to stomach when he missed a bunch of games because we knew. I mean, the, the Chiefs were open about it. Like, it was clear. It wasn't like a secret. It's like, oh, this guy's hurt. But they weren't – when you franchise tag a player, he was in the weird spot, right? He was franchised, but no one really looked at him like a franchise tag, but he definitely wasn't like you give him away for like a fourth-round pick, but he wasn't like a first-round pick. He was like in that second, third range. But he was also a free agent, so you kind of had to pay him. It was just a unique kind of spot. And the Niners, 
Do you, I, I'll give them some credit. Like, they just got aggressive because they kind of doubled down on their issue of the Solomon Thomas swinging the whiff. So sometimes that, you know, and I, I don't blame any GMs that do that. Well, a little bit. Once you have enough evidence where you go, well, we drafted a guy number three overall. We got to make it work. Don't you get to a point in sports or just any business where it's like, yeah, it's not going to work, right? So you just, you can either keep, pr- you can either keep pr- praying or just, you know, put a Band-Aid over the, over the leak and just start, you know, trying to get the boat out of water. Because they were kind of sunk. You know, because it, it, when Solomon stunk and Bosa wasn't there, Buckner and Armstead, while they both stood out, they look, it shows you how much better you look when better talent's around you. You want my headlines? Yeah, what you got? I'll, 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 I'll balance, we balance it out. I'm going Silicon Valley, the coastal elites versus the middle class, middle America, working class human. Barbecue guy. Versus kale smoothies. This is a this is a game representing America. The the elites on the West Coast living in their little silicon bubble, and just Kansas City, just the just the people that pack their lunch pail every day to work and freezing what they, cold. What do they even do there? Huh? I, I don't know. I tweeted something yesterday. I was like, you know, this is the perfect combination because did you see the Ravel tweet? You know, it's the forty eight hundred get in price. The mm-hmm. average ticket price is going for $7,800. It's the highest Super Bowl ticket, I think, since like Giants, Pats, 11. So you don't think your boy's going to come through with our offer of 800 bucks a piece? Well, I, I haven't made Willing a, to pay 800 John. I haven't made an offer. Fly out I haven't made an offer yet, but I think the sticker price is not that. Like the stick, sticker price on a $4,800 ticket is way less than that, I think. Yeah. Now, I... The Super Bowl I did attend, there is no sticker price on any of the tickets, right? It's just, <laughs> the access is weird to get them. But I, I, I do think there will be some, you know, it gets a little weird on that media night on Monday night on just what's talked about, what's not. And I'm kind of kidding, but it is just, you know, the Chiefs, Kansas City, Middle America versus Silicon Valley, even though the players don't think like it. But that's, you just know how these things kind of take on a life of its own. Because yeah. next week, it's not just us talking about it or the sports channels. Like, Good Morning America is leading with the Super Bowl, right? It's just a lot of Super Bowl talk. Right. And so here's, your, here's my Good Morning America headline. The simplified version is just, Jimmy is really good looking. Well, that's getting a lot of – that's – okay, can I, can I transition into another topic? Yeah. We'll do yeah, snakes. So you go, I go to, then you go to. Jimmy Garoppolo is just a, a better looking Alex Smith. And Alex is a good looking guy too. So that's tall, skinny, good, good waistline. He is a good looking guy. Yeah. But I just think Jimmy is handsome. Is going to be just one of your basic Good Morning America. Would you yeah. say that's why Jimmy was so famous when he was Tom's backup before he had ever played? Just because he was known as such a good looking guy. I think it's why he got famous fast once he became a 49er. Did you feel his fame? I did not feel like he was that famous as Tom's backup. Yeah, you're probably right. <clears throat> but once he became a 49er, went on a date with a porn star, he did, but was good looking. You're right, but he semi-unique as a backup. <clears throat> a little like, I mean, it's different circumstances, but like Steve Young. Just because he played a little bit, right? He got yeah. those couple starts. 
And part of it was interwoven in by far the number one sports story in America, Deflategate. Tom was suspended. Right. But then he did get hurt, so it's not like he even played all the games. Like, people forget. Oh, yeah, the four games Jimmy started. No, Jacoby started two of them. J- Jimmy, Jimmy made it through a game and a half. Well, until this year, we talked about it all the time. Can he make it through a month? Can he make it through a season? Has he really even had any scares this year? A couple of guys fell on his knee, but nothing too yeah. crazy. Um, I think one. I think the Hall of Fame is going to be it for two guys. Andy. Oh, David Baker. And Richard Sherman. Andy Reid and Richard Sherman. Like, what does a win mean for their Hall of Fame bids? Um, Who's more of a lock between the two of them, would you say? Uh, Richard. Would you say Richard's a lock right now if his career ended after the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Three, I feel three, pretty good three about Super that. Three Super Bowls guy. I think like six Pro Bowls. Yeah. So he's a Hall of Famer. I think Andy should be a Hall of Famer. Like, I, I view him like a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, I mean, it's funny. He's, he's just had sustained success in a league where nobody has – it's hard to have sustained success and high-level success, not just kind of squeaking by, being slightly above average. Um, so I do think, in my book, they're both Hall of Famers. But that's the point. is like a win, and probably more so for Andy, Richard needs it less, would, I, would, be, would be the thing that pushes him through, I think makes it not even arg- an argument. So you agree with that in terms of where they, they're standing now? I, I actually like the parallels of the two because I think their resumes, like Andy's Eagles career, if he had just retired and never coached again, wouldn't have been enough. But I think everyone around football would have been like, Andy Reid was a big-time coach with the Eagles. He goes to the Chiefs. He's like up the the ante on just his resume. And now getting, you know, I think I'm sure this will be another one like, one of the only coaches to take multiple teams to a Super Bowl. Like, that is a big fucking deal. Now, it's a bigger deal when you win it. Like, part of what Parcells, you know, he took the Patriots to the Super Bowl and the Giants to the Super Bowl, but he had two Super Bowl victories. So, once you win a Super Bowl, doing all that stuff is just double gravy. It's like, it's kind of like Sherman. If Andy had won a Super Bowl with the Eagles, we'd be talking about him like a lock Hall of Famer. And it's like, God, can he go into, like, football nirvana of winning two Super Bowls with two franchises? I'd have to think. I, I, has that ever been done before? Winning two Super Bowls with two franchises? Yeah. Winning a, a Super Bowl with multiple franchises. Like, you don't have to win two with each. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I know what you like mean. Like, Parcells didn't do it. Belichick clearly didn't do it. I, You'll be hard. Like, the Tomlins. I don't know, man. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, this is where it's like, well, middle cough, uh, Well, that's okay. It's Lombar- get the- Lombardi in 67, and then when he went to... <laughs> You're telling me uh, he coached the Purple People Eaters? <laughs> you know? Uh, some of those that yeah. I, Richard, to me, has upped his game a lot. Like, he was, in his four- or five-year run of his peak play with Seattle, was known as, like, a Hall of Fame talent. Then he comes to the Niners, is team captain, has an all-pro season and on the best defense in the league, and they're in the Super Bowl. Like, it's, it feels like he's kind of solidified it this year. Damn, this was a big year for Richard. Where Andy, it's kind of just over time. Now, the difference is Richard's career is really down the home stretch, right? He's probably got two years at a really high level left. Like he's That's already what he wants you to say. I know, but it's like, and if he heard this, he'd be like, everyone's fucking always bringing me down. Like, yeah, Richard, no. I mean, we think you're great. The way it works, like 36-year-old cornerbacks aren't going to all you know Pro Bowls. 
So let's say Richard plays two more years with the Niners at a high level, and they make a couple more playoff runs, and let's say they win the Super Bowl, like he's in. Andy, like, who's to say that he couldn't go for another five, six years of just maybe goes to a couple more Super Bowls with Mahomes? Like his, to me, there's a lot more story for him left to write. Where Richards, this is, there's a chance, and again, right? If you were to ask him this question, he'd flip. But this is like the last peak of his story, you know? Mm-hmm. He'll be on the Niners next year, and more than likely they'll be good and back in the playoffs. But they're in the Super Bowl right now. He just he just had the game-clinching interception in the NFC Championship game. Like, it's been a pretty freaking storybook year for Richard Sherman, right? Yeah. So, uh, now there's – I guess there's some guys with – I found a list here, John. Dan Reeves, I should have known that one. But, but he didn't – But he didn't, talked about this Did he before. win any of them? No, not win, but he took the Falcons and the Broncos, went 0-4. Uh, never could win the big one, but 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 I think people would say Dan Reeves went to four Super Bowls. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Parcells went to the Super Bowl, yeah, with the Giants and the Pats. Holmgren, Packers and Seahawks. That's a good three one. Super Bowl appearances. Went one and two. Isn't it amazing when you go to three? Or uh, four? Don Shula took the Colts, John. When you go to three, or f- like Mike Holmgren. And you just win that one, just that how that resonates. Like if Andy goes to three or four and loses them all, it'll feel like the modern day Marv Levy. Now Marv Levy got in the Hall of Fame. Okay, I get, can I give you another one? As he should be. Yeah, I, I'm like uh, I'm basically doing a uh, like a CNN uh, one. The minorities got screwed because the two coaches, the two top assistant coaches in this game. Both, I don't even know. Did Eric Bieniemy even interview for a job? Obviously, Salah. I did. thought that he did. I thought he did too. Over the Super Bowl week, maybe with the Giants or the Panthers, he he. Did. I, I'm like almost ninety percent positive he did. But obviously, neither one's got a job. I think both of them would be considered like this off season. If you and I were doing a podcast on like top ten candidates to get a job at the end of the year, wouldn't you say these two would be at the top of the list? To just be interviewed if their teams have so like more the, success. Yeah, like this. I'm not this even talking minorities. I'm just coaches. talking coaches. But it right. became a hot button topic because a bunch of white guys got hired again. Ron Rivera, Latino. But, and I go back to it was a skewed process in the sense of, because I don't think a lot of people count Ron. They're like, well, Ron was already had a job. Like he just re got a job. We need more people. And I'd go, well, part of the problem was Ron Rivera and Mike McCarthy were in the cycle. So I don't give a shit if there were seven future Lombardis that were all purple. Those guys are going to just get jobs. It's just, it's kind of a unique deal where those guys were available. Just like if two years ago, if the equivalent of McCarthy and Rivera had been available, like when the Cardinals were hiring, when the Packers were hiring, all those, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were hiring. Like, the moment Bruce Arians is like, yeah, I want a job. It's like, well, he's getting a job, right? It's just sometimes it's a cycle where it's just going to be a bunch of young guys because the the good I, – I hate using the word. Like, to me, a retread is a negative connotation. Like, Mike McCarthy's just getting a job for the second time. I don't view him as a retread. Now, you could argue that Belichick once upon a time was a retread. I, I just – to me, when I think retreads, I think, like, when Hugh Jackson got a second job or Pat Shermer got a second job. Like, Mike McCarthy and Ron Rivera are just good football coaches that got a second job. Like, 
that normally happens in football, like Dan Reeves, Parcells. I'm not saying those guys are that. Now, McCarthy, you'd say, has won a Super Bowl. Super Bowl-winning coaches that have a long resume going to the playoffs, wouldn't you say that, and they're not like, kill someone or do something criminal, are always going to get a second opportunity, as they should? Yeah, I mean, to me, retread is, I agree with you, it's it's definitely negative, and it's usually kind of, I used to use this word a lot, I hate using it now because everyone uses it, lazy, but it is kind of lazy. Um, just because you've had a job before doesn't mean you shouldn't get another job. I think it comes up a lot with coordinators. To me, it comes up more with coordinators than head coaches. You know, when you're on like your fourth try, like that's a retread. If you haven't ever actually been great, but hey, everyone thinks of you as a coordinator. To me, those are kind of where that word fits in. I will say this. I It's funny you say this because I interviewed Herm. Edwards a couple weeks ago and I just asked him I'm like it seems to me from afar like you're just setting up Antonio Pierce to be- become a head coach without ever becoming a coordinator and he's like he kind of answered like yeah duh he's like I was never a coordinator and that's the plan for AP and then I just saw this quote from Herm the other day do you think that AP could potentially take over for Herm in like a couple years I think he could I think he could but I, I the question is how long is Herm going to be around because it feels like Antonio Pierce is just going to become a head coach within the next two years to me. What would your guess be on Herb hanging around? Well, he just signed a contract extension, so he's got five years left on his Herm deal Herm Edwards now. signed a contract extension? Yeah, he signed a two-year extension onto the three years remaining, so he's got five years left on his deal. Because he wasn't making that much money, right? Didn't he take a pretty low deal, like $2 million? I don't remember what the Yeah, I don't remember what the number exactly was. but um, But this is what he said. Here's what's crazy about the NFL. I'm, I don't. Somebody, a buddy of mine, sent me this, so I don't know if it's from. It looks like it might be from the Athletic. I said, AP, let me ask you a question. Approximately this year, there were 20 jobs of authority: head coach, OC, and DC. One minority guy got hired. I said, it's a dead end street, man. And the owners, they don't care. I said, you do the math. You got a better shot here in college football. Make your hay, then go pro. So basically, Herm's advice to AP is, don't go be an OC. Don't go be a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Be a he- become a head coach in college football, have success as a head coach in college football, and then just do the Matt rule. You just get hired as a head coach in the NFL. He's de- I would say that's dead on. Good right? advice. And I'd also yeah. say, I would say, Herm, if Antonio was their offensive mind, it'd be different. I'd say a defensive coordinator, he's dead right. Because the chances of you going to a good defense were just going to be hard in the NFL. It's just very kind of random where you can much more control your own destiny. Like he gets – Chip Kelly gets fired, they hire him. You win at UCLA, the Chargers might hire you three years later, right? Yeah, I mean, his alma mater, Arizona, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, feels like a make-it-or-break-it year for someone. I mean, how many make-it-or-break-it years for someone had in the last five years? That's my thing. Like, I'll give you – like, someone's a good example. I think we do talk about the minority situation because it is hard for them to get jobs. But I do think, like, any spot – Coaches are all treated the same once you get the job. And that's, I guess, no one really argues that. Like, no one's like, Hugh Jackson got screwed! (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, Hugh Jackson was terrible. Pat Shermer was fucking terrible. Vance Joseph was terrible. Chip Kelly's terrible. Like, we we don't discriminate against shitty coaches. Just like, you know, Mike Tomlin's good. Rivera's good. Like, we just, you're just good, you're good, you're bad, you're bad. It's a great part about football and just sports, like win-loss record. I do see what they're saying, the coordinator job. And I, I I also think that it tends to happen that a lot of coaches go into, you know, it 
maybe 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 I'm wrong on this, but a lot of black guys are on the defensive side of the ball, and it's clearly harder. And I, I do understand though, like in in the NFL, I don't think college necessarily is like this because it feels like they're more open minded on either side of the ball. Just if I can get a good coach, right? Look at the Pac-12; they've hired defensive coaches, black defensive coaches. I mean, Mel Tucker. You could argue when the Browns went into it. It wasn't just an open-minded search in the sense because you had to value offense more. Where in college, you're like, well, who cares? We'll just recruit new players. I I, I think Antonio Pierce feels destined to get a Pac-12 job, guy. And I think UCLA would be crazy not to – because of his ties to LA. It doesn't doesn't feel – if he's going to be a coach in the next two years, I don't think that will happen in the next two years. But he went to Arizona. But my thing is, if you're UCLA – like. If Chip doesn't win this year, he's going to get fired. So mm, we'll see. I mean, they are going to have a new AD, but we'll see. I'm not so. Uh, I, you think if they don't, ma- you think convinced. if he goes three straight years with three missed bowl games, that he would keep his job? Yeah, I'm. I don't. I don't know. I'm just not convinced. It hasn't. It hasn't felt like there's much momentum there after two years. Maybe, so, uh, like I said, they're going to have a new AD, so that's very possible. So I again back to my headline. Just the, the, I think these uh, yeah, two I guys, think it's a good headline. Robert Sala, B enemy. Just this is the crew. Why did they get screwed? Do they feel? I think it'll be talked about a lot because you know how every human goes on a podium. Coaches, right. no, it's a good headline. And I think uh, those two guys, people are going to want to talk to. Another good headline, I think, is just Kyle. This is an easy one, but it's Kyle and Mike Shanahan. Uh, if Mike, I don't know if Mike wants to do a bunch of interviews, but he'll have the opportunity to do it. Um, I think it's a great. I mean, he gave them guy the trophy for crying out loud, the NFC Championship. That one's been um, investigated a little, explored a little, but on the big national stage, that's. I mean that that's an easy one to make. Like I think the the what makes a great Super Bowl headline are the ones that are easy to be consumed mainstream by non sports fans. The one you just gave is a great one, and I think just the father son, that whole thing with Kyle. That's a great one. I mean, the Kyle video, we could talk about that here from, from the other day uh, of him talking to the official and telling him what's coming. Did you see what Mark Schlereth tweeted about it? No. Just that he's like, I've watched Mike Shanahan do that so many times, and he usually did it while Kyle was holding the cord to his headset. Like, Kyle saw that up close so many times. And I saw this interview that Tarico did before the NFC Championship game with his – I think Tarico did it. Maybe it wasn't true. Anyway, with Kyle's parents. And his mom said... You mean Mike and his wife? Yeah. But I don't know her name. But Mrs. Shanahan said that, you know, Kyle doesn't have the job. Like, he's... It's not nepotism, basically. Like, it's not because his name is Shanahan. Um, And he has the job because he's he's proved that he was really good. Now, maybe he got some opportunities, but... What it made me think was the Malcolm, you know, like the Malcolm Gladwell ten thousand hours, and this is I tweeted this the other day when the video of him came out telling the official what's about to happen. He got first class NFL on field training so young. I can only imagine at what age. I don't know. I'd I'd love to talk to Kyle and do the math, like really do the math. Like let's think about how many hours you spent around an NFL team your freshman year of high school, right? And even before that, while you were a ball boy, while you were. N- just, guy, grade. just going to training camp in August before just, school starts when just you're 12. Observe, 
yes, just absorbing how to talk to players, absorbing Mike's leadership, like all this stuff that you're not like taking notes. You're just absorbing it. It becomes second nature to him. At what age did he did he reach ten thousand hours? Because you know it had to be like some kid who plays the piano starting at age five. Like by the time you're eighteen, you've got your ten thousand hours. And I think all this stuff is so natural for him in terms of just his feel. His like it's what athletes have when they're twenty one because they've just if you've got an athlete with great feel, just like what did he do? Well, he just plays. Like you know Peyton Pritchard. I read the story about him the other day. The point guard from Oregon who just hit like six. I don't know if you saw the shots he hit last week against Washington, but he hit like these game winners. He's one of the – he might be the best point guard in the country in college basketball. He's the white guy? Yeah. He's a senior. He won like three state titles in high school. He used to have to – I guess his dad told the story of like he bought this weighted basketball. One year in high school, he showed up to practice with both his hands taped because he would wake up an hour before school and do dribbling drills till his hands would bleed. Like, he got to 10,000 hours really fast, is yeah. my guess, right? Just, like, I just think Kyle is just... Well, did you see the video that went viral? It's so underrated with him. So is he, because he's his name is Shanahan? No. But because his dad was Mike, he just got this training that is just impossible to get. And it, it's, um, I think it shows itself in so many different well, ways. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, the nepotism thing, like, his first break in the NFL came with Gary Kubiak. Who had worked for Mike. So we acknowledge, yeah, that's how he got it, right? But that was in 2005 as a tight end coach or wide receiver coach. So, yeah, he got his in. Like, the fucking hardest thing to get is the foot in the door. He had a foot in the door maybe because of his last name. Well, Gary Kubiak, a couple years later, doesn't name him the offensive coordinator and let him call plays when he's a play caller because, you know what, I like Mike's kid. I I owe Mike. No, it's because clearly I would imagine if you and I sat down with Gary – He's like, listen, I always thought he was impressive. I liked him a lot. I gave him a shot. It's the way it fucking works. I knew him. I felt comfortable with him. And then once I was around him, I said, oh, my God, this guy's a boy fucking genius. You know the reason he got the 49ers fucking job guy? Because he led the Atlanta Falcons historic offense. That's to me. I, I just, I had to log off Twitter a couple times. Like, yeah, he is not the Niner. It had nothing to do with it. He, by himself, working for a coach who's, he got, he went on record this year. I was like, I didn't even know Dan Quinn. It was actually, and I, I, you and I have talked about this before. I think Dan Quinn's one of the better things to happen to him because Mike, who turns out to be very tight with Belichick, is closer to Belichick. Hard ass, kind of an asshole. Well, Kyle, the way we heard about him and then the Kyle we've seen here has been a little different. And I think that experience with Dan when he got basically the bald Pete Carroll lineage of the defensive coordinators realized... You know, there are multiple ways to skin a cat. I can balance this out. And Kyle has been kind of a breath of fresh air. I, You know, I think a lot of people on the outside, including myself, thought he was going to be a little Josh McDaniels-ish. Just kind of run a tight ship, be, a, be an a-hole, and he wasn't like that at all. Did you see the video that went viral a couple weeks ago about Tiger Woods' kid just swinging that club? Like, yeah. And you just go, oh my God, that guy swings incredible. Now, is Tiger Woods' kid going to be Tiger Woods? Charlie Woods. Probably not, right? But if you're telling me, if I had to bet, if you just say, you know what, he really likes golf. That guy's a lock to be like a good college golfer and be be a fringe PGA Tour player. Like the the amount of work he's going to have, the amount of guidance he's going to have, that is where it's like, yeah, this ain't a fair fight. You know? It it ain't a – life ain't fair. 
And if you're a mentor, it's why you hear about people that make it from nothing go, you know what? I was listening to this Bob Iger interview. And mm-hmm. he's like, people always ask me how I got to where I got and why then once I got in position, why I became like a good leader. He's like, well, I was lucky. I had really good bosses. I didn't control that. You know, you and I have worked in different places. Like I just went to work for the Eagles because they gave me a job. I mean, it could easily could have been the Bills. It just happened to be that Andy Reid was the head coach. I got very, very lucky that that was my opportunity. It easily could have been some shitty organization. And I just, every day at work, there's Matt Nagy, there's Doug Peterson, there's Howie Roseman, there's Brett Veach. Like, that's not, I, Lewis Riddick, it, just, it was luck. I, I had I had nothing to do with, like, where I ended up going. And that's just, that's not on the level of these guys that start from the ground zero. Like, you see the opportunities that, I saw Drew Brees <clears throat> insta, the, like, two nights ago. It was just, yeah. his, he goes everywhere with the three kids. They, those guys fucking have a great life. They, they're they're going to start in a position for whatever they do ahead of most of society. And they had a picture with the Ravens helmet. And he's like, all my kids want to do is meet Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And I don't blame him. If I was eight years old, and clearly they just watched a lot of football, they're like, I love Lamar Jackson. I'm sure they play Madden. He, they all pick the Ravens. And then the video, when everyone gets their shit at the hotel, it's the Breeze kids throwing, playing pass with Lamar Jackson. Like, they, they are just... One of those guys, now it's a little different with him probably because his kids might not be that big. Like Peyton Manning or Eli's son more than likely are going to be tall. Now there's a genetic thing with Drew where who, maybe his kids are tall, maybe they're both like 5'10", so who, who knows. But they're going to have an advantage if you take advantage of it. And clearly Kyle, you should listen to this. And if you're listening to this, listen to it. It's uh, Peter King's podcast, had on John Lynch. Mm-hmm. And Lynch was like, because uh, you'd say, you know what John Lynch was? Kind of a self-made athlete, did bothable things, almost quit football for baseball. Walsh convinced him to stick with football. And Lynch was telling Peter King, he's like, well, when he told me to come back for my senior year, I'd play less than 30% of the snaps. And this guy's looking me in the eye telling me I can be a high draft pick and go pro. I thought he was kind of full of shit, but he was such a good salesman. He convinced me. Turns out he was right. My whole, He changed my life. But he's like, when I got worked with Kyle – you know, it, it helped. I'd seen the way his dad operated. And then I had just been talking with Kyle and, and doing games for the Falcons. I knew this guy was pretty special. But there is, like in anything, there was a leap of faith. And now I've been around him. I guess last week, because the one thing Lynch was like, yeah, you know, I knew he was an offensive genius. But being a head coach, like you do have to get in front of the team. Like how was he going to be in front of the team? And then you re- And then he's like about two weeks in, you realize he's really good in front of the team. He gave a speech, I guess Albert Breer had written about it. <clears throat> the players wouldn't really talk about it, but remember we had talked earlier in the season how he has Navy SEALs surrounded by the team. Like they have a couple guys that travel with the team, which is something I'm yeah. pretty sure he got from Dan Quinn because it's a very Pete Carroll-like thing. I guess his speech before the Packers game was a story the Navy SEALs gave him about like, killing the enemy like I guess it was really really intense like even like McGlinchey was on record saying like yeah I can't really go into the details it was just good and powerful and we all left like whoa he's going there like when you got him like under the water holding his head down whatever it was like a SEAL Team 6 member going to war with like Taliban he one someone's gonna die it's gonna be you or them and it was all the players were McGlinchey's quote in the MMQB article earlier this week was like I left that room thinking 
my coach is a fucking badass. And it was just like, whoa. Like, I, I didn't know Kyle had that in the back. Like, so he just, he does. And that's, like anything, he was in position because of the 10,000 hours that he probably had at 25 years old. And then he's, he's really kind of come into his own, right? You just get better at it. What you Like, he wouldn't have been able to do that year one, bring out the Navy. Now, they weren't in the games that would have been like, why are we talking about killing the enemy when we're one and nine? <laughs> But when you're talking about in the NFC Championship game, remember the famous NFL Films video of Belichick before the Eagles? And it had got leaked on like Friday night. The Philadelphia Inquirer had tweeted the parade route, like where the parade was going to be on Broad Street. And Belichick got in front of the team on the the, uh, overhead projector and put the thing down. It's like, damn. Like you guys are fucked. <laughs> That'll be that, that's another headline. Does anyone say any like bulletin board material? It's rare. Yeah, that's always. It's rare, but it, all it takes is one, right? Yeah, you know, Mahomes. Wasn't that? Didn't one of the chiefs say something about about? But, uh, but he wasn't wrong. He just said no. But he said it. Yeah, Frank Clark said that he thought he ran soft. <laughs> he wasn't like a power back. Ran erect. I think was. And there's going to be a lot of stuff like I just saw. I don't want to get into this one, but like Donovan McNabb says he didn't throw up. I'm like, okay. That, that's something that I don't think deserves to be like, yeah, T.O., Donovan, let's just – this ain't about you guys. That's right. Although T.O. could do the same thing that Montana did. Why didn't T.O. tweet two jerseys? Uh, you know? Did he not tweet? I don't know. I don't follow him. He never called back. I don't either, but I'm just saying, like, I really want him to call back. I don't either. Um, all right, John, Jimmy Garoppolo, something here on Jimmy. I, I, uh, we've talked about him a lot. We watch him all the time. I think it's pretty well established on this podcast. We think he's really good. Uh, but I, he's got a lot to gain here because I think partly because of the NFC championship game that they won without him really throwing the ball outside of the first drive and a couple times later in the game. I mean, literally you can count his pass attempts on one hand. And that's, that was just kind of a casual passing talking point. Dan Orlovsky a couple of days ago tweeted out a bunch of plays, tweeted out Jimmy Garoppolo's fourth quarter numbers. Um, you know, I, I do think he falls in the category because clearly he does. They won a game with him throwing eight passes. You do have to watch him to understand how good he is. And I've said all year long, I think he is elite with a capital E-L-I-T-E at making plays for from within the pocket just because we I watch so much football I just see him make plays in the pocket that other quarterbacks a lot of other quarterbacks most other quarterbacks don't make but uh, if they were to win the Super Bowl with him throwing the ball 14 times I think that conversation that we had that a lot of people had after the NFC championship game will continue will persist like is Jimmy just Alex Smith with a better team around him and I don't think he is but I do think he has a lot to gain then by if he has to go make some plays, I don't think it needs to look like the Saints game necessarily. But it's a pass defense that you can make plays on. I think if he goes out there and throws the ball 25 times, and throws three touchdowns, and they win the Super Bowl, uh, that will, I think, make the conversation around Garoppolo one that I think is kind of more appropriate for his talent level. But if it's not, if that's not how they win, then it'll just be Jimmy one. And and I think if they win the Super Bowl the way they won the NFC Championship game, just running the rock nonstop and Jimmy throws 14 times, 
I think he'll be one of the more polarizing quarterbacks coming in the next year because it'll be on one side he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback and on the other side he didn't do anything. To me, his knock right is not he's not good enough in the pocket. He's not athletic enough. He can't make the throws. Like his main knock, and this is fair, his decision making can be a little questionable. And he can hit defenders in the hands pretty consistently when he's off. So, like, that's – I think a lot of times with Alex, it's like, he's just not good enough. Like, that's not Jimmy's problem. Derek sometimes, like, is he tough enough in the pocket? That ain't Jimmy's problem. Does he – is he smart enough? Like, that ain't Jimmy's problem. I think he kind of just goes full instinct sometimes. And maybe part of it is he really hasn't played that much. Uh, you just the looks, the speed of the game, just on given plays where you just know five years later. I mean, we've heard quarterbacks talk about it forever, like Peyton and Brady, or just this. Is, it's all mental now. Like I'm just in full control of the mental game. It's why when Brady, remember the play of oh, the Dolphins game when he threw the pick to Eric Rowe, and it was like Tom did that. <laughs> like, right. It was like what? <laughs> That's something like Jimmy might do. That's just something uh, uh, shit like Mahomes. It's kind of weird when Mahomes does it, and he doesn't do it that often. But to me, that's just the question. Like, can Jimmy not do dumb shit? That, that's like his knock. And I think sometimes young players just do dumb shit. See, I think the casual knock around – I think that's the knock of people that really watch him. I think the, the casual knock is like – and you were saying this to me before the podcast. You understand it. And I do get it. You just look at the box score. You watch him from time to time if you're not – you know, in the Bay Area maybe, and you go, they just win without him throwing the ball. How can he be great? Don't you think it's that simple? Well, I think they def- just won without I, him throwing. Yeah, I think definitely people are living in the moment these last two weeks because the, the, they, he threw eight passes. And I, I'll say this, the previous week, he was shaky. I mean, I was, I was there, and it was like, oh, my God, Jimmy. Whoa, Jimmy! You know, it was just – it was a lot of Jimmy holding – but he was playing the the Vikings have really good players. That's, sometimes, like, yeah, this is the, this is the playoffs. It's the playoffs, brother. Like, this is hard. This, go back to you know, fucking the whack. This is Division One football. This is the NFL playoffs. It's difficult for a guy that's the first time. This is the first time he's ever started sixteen games. I, I hate even being a Jimmy defender because I'm not acting like he's the perfect quarterback. Yeah. But it's just like, goddamn, if you. And I understand if you casually watch them, I would have the same take because I have the same casual take on a lot of NBA players. But I also just look like, you know, people are like, Middlecoff, you always say Carl Anthony Towns. Well, because he's the poster child for being this one of the elite talents in the league and his team fucking loses and loses and loses and loses and loses. So I don't give a shit what his stats are. I know if you're in the NBA and you're an elite player in a league that right now sucks, you should be able to get your team to the playoffs. And I'm just, I'm not talking the one seed, I'm just talking the eight seed. In football, the, the Niners would not have been 13-3 and three without, you know, obviously you give like Russell Wilson, Rodgers, and some of the top guys for sure, but how many guys can you list that are, were better that you would feel more confident this season? Like Kirk Cousins right now is in the Pro Bowl. He's in the Pro Bowl, which is crazy. But I understand that like statistically he had a Pro Bowl season. He's not a Pro Bowl quarterback. Like to me, a Pro Bowl quarterback, even Lamar, had – a couple bad playoff games. Lamar Jackson, to me, is a Pro Bowl talent. Like, uh, Kirk Cousins just is not. When I see Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, and Kirk Cousins, I go, Ugh, what? Like, Lamar Jackson sitting next to Deshaun Watts, it's like, oh, that that's, yeah, those guys are 
If you gave the Niners Deshaun Watson, they would be just as good. If you gave them Lamar Jackson, it'd be different because it wouldn't really work. But it's just, he's a good player. I don't know what else to say. He's a good player. Now, he also, guy, could have a Super Bowl where he throws two or three picks. Yeah, it would it would hurt my argument. It would hurt my argument. But, I, but the point but, is just... But again, are a, we living in the vacuum of, like, we're going to make... Well, sure, but I just think, John, he's got a chance to... He wins a Super Bowl. He's got one fewer ring than Joe Montana. That's my that's my that's my Garoppolo. Um, I'm gonna use that one this week. So go ahead and sh- spread that out. When you said that, uh, I was like, I thought for a second. I'm like, well, he's actually not wrong. <laughs> but I just think he's at a point where he's he is famous, really famous. He's on a good team. Quarterbacks in the in that position just there's arguments about those guys, and there's still an argument to be had on Jimmy. And this game's gonna be a big determining factor in what the offseason and then into the preseason next year argument around Jimmy is. If they're, and he can make, you know, to me, he can make their less of an argument. If he's got, like, if he plays the way he played, let's say it looks like, the, it, has, it has to look like the Saints game. And they win. Well, the, 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 know, the, the overreactions be... to this game are usually massive because the last game of the season, 85 million people are watching, and it, Jimmy is a polarizing player, right? Just yeah. to casual NFL people. I mean, I, you and I, we've just watched every snap. It, it's also why, like, when you defend the Warriors, I hate doing this too. Like, they don't need to be defended. But, like, when you just get into a casual argument with just someone that's not from around here and you go, you know what I hate? I, I don't like Draymond Green. And I'd be like, well, you like basketball? He's like, I fucking love basketball. I, I love Winning basketball. Then I'm like, well, if you watch Draymond Green every night for five years, you would love Draymond Green. I get how when you helicopter in, you're like, God, this guy's a douche. But if you love the sport and you like winning, he's your type guy. You know? And it's just, I'm not yeah. saying Jimmy is Draymond Green, but I've watched Jimmy enough to know he's really important. I've been watching football for long, long enough to go, yeah, he's on, he's what you're looking for. I mean, ideally you want Patrick Mahomes, but there's only one Patrick Mahomes. So you take Jimmy Garoppolo and feel really good about it. Would would Belichick take Jimmy Garoppolo back right now? If, if Jimmy Garoppolo was on <laughs> Johnny the Johnny wanted him three years ago. If Jimmy Garoppolo was on the Patriots right now, under contract, and this Brady situation was in flux, what would the conversation be? There wouldn't for Bill. There wouldn't be one. He gone. So that's why I asked you this year: Would he have replaced Tom this during the season with Jimmy to try and get to the Super Bowl? Uh... That's a good question. I mean, you could if it was just Bill Brady and not Tom Brady for sure. Just because you go, well, I just get a better athlete in there. It's just we do it with other positions, just rotate it. I, I, I don't know. That would have been, that would have been one of the biggest stories the last like ten years. Tom Brady got benched yeah. while he wasn't yeah. like, you know, with a broken An leg invalid. or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Before we move on, John, let's tell the people this podcast brought to you in part. By LinkedIn. Oh. Dot com slash ham. The right people for your job is absolutely critical, and you find them with LinkedIn.com slash ham. LinkedIn jobs guy, they screen candidates with the hard and soft skills hmm. you're looking for you so both. you can hire the right person. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability. LinkedIn looks beyond the work Describing skills. Describing us. I know. Put your jobs in front of qualified candidates because here's the key, guy. 
your job won't just be seen by people that are looking to get a job. They'll be seen by everybody. Because you know what happens on LinkedIn, guy? Every eight seconds, someone gets a thing called a J-O-B. People are getting hired through our friends at LinkedIn.com slash ham. That's why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Like you said, they are reaching passive candidates with LinkedIn's special algorithm. That means people just hanging out. I'm kind of happy at my job. Bam. Oh, shit. This other great job just hit me up. Find the right person today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit LinkedInJobs.com slash ham. Again, LinkedInJobs.com slash ham to get 50 bucks off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Podcast also brought to you by MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. And this was the last football game, so if you love football, you got to go all in. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. If you don't, you still got the NBA, you still got Premier League, uh, fastest payouts, best promotions, 24-7 customer service team. It's all there at MyBookie.ag, HAM1. Match your first deposit up to 50% up to or fifty percent up to 1000 bucks. You can also decline that bonus, but either way, that's where you go. Well, there's actually two more games remaining that you can gamble on. One would be the NFC versus the AFC, this little thing they call the Pro Bowl in Orlando. Okay. Maybe the XFL. Maybe they'll have the XFL, do, John. Do you, like, uh, do you like the NFC getting one and a half? <laughs> the over-under, remember when it was like a NBA All-Star game when it would be like 75 to 60 because it was like a flag football, seven on seven? The over-under for the NFC-AFC Pro Bowl is 50. That feels kind of low. I, if I remember, maybe I have to do some research. Remember they tried to change it to get a little more physical so it wasn't like two hand touch, but you can't really do it. I don't know. I, I, that'd be a risky game to gamble on. The uh, the the game line still sitting at about plus one and a half. The 49ers. I, the more I think about it, it is pretty crazy that the Niners are underdogs. If you look at it just from a pure gambling standpoint, you went. If any other top five team was in this situation and had been this good with this record, kicking the shit out of everybody. They would be the favorite with that, I, I, with that I, defense. I, I do think of being a, the new kind of kid in town with the core group is always makes people uncomfortable to gamble on in a big game because you look at historically in Super Bowls like the Patriots were the best team they win the Super Bowl. You know, on, on years before they became the Patriots, just different yeah, teams I, along the years. Seattle, remember Seattle I that first Ma- year when they played the Broncos and it was like Seattle's really good. I also just think Mahomes, the two games that he played, the game that they had to come back, I think a lot of it is Mahomes too, right? You just feel like this guy just scores a ton of points. And I think what's made this Super Bowl hard to pick is that neither team played what we thought the toughest opponent for them would be. The Niners didn't have to play the Saints, and the Chiefs didn't have to play the Ravens. So it makes it a little hard because you're like, did either – I don't – neither one of them played a game that you're like, that's a Super Bowl, like a mini Super Bowl, right? Neither one of them really played that game. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you say... Where the buildup was just like, they could, this... Well, I'll give you an example. Like, last year, you went, are you really... The Patriots, remember, were kind of like a slight underdog to the Rams. It was like, you guys are betting against the fucking Patriots, against Sean McVay, after they just beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead? Like, you're right. There wasn't a Patriot beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead playoff game. It doesn't exist. Because I think last year was like, well, did the Rams really win that game, or did the refs fuck the call? You're, yeah, you you could argue those two games last year, the AFC and NFC Championship games, which were way tighter than this year, felt just like two four heavyweights throwing blows mm-hmm. at each other's face. It was like God, I remember watching the Rams Saints game going like God, these teams are really good. 
I felt yeah. that like watching the Niners, but you're like the Packers kind of stink. They're just they 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 weren't a worthy foe. And the Titans, incredible story, but you're right. I mean, they just they ain't the Patriots. Even though they'd be like, well, we beat the Patriots. I don't mean this year's Patriots. I just mean the Patriots in general. Uh, a few other things here, John. Boy, the Raiders are the Oakland Raiders. I'm not exactly sure what the party was. Was it just that they were officially – they got the keys? or Yeah, I think I saw, I saw a Mark Davis quote no that pun said, intended. today we're officially uh, – January 22nd is the official day that we became the Las Vegas Raiders. Got it. Okay. I, I thought one of the things that was interesting, and I, I think most people thought this, was that Derek was there front and center. And clearly, I think, reading some of his quotes, I think in the Paul Gutierrez article, he is just annoyed by the constant conversation about who the quarterback of the Raiders is going to be next year. Well, didn't he say he got the dirt on what was said with the conversation between the GOAT and Mark? Yeah, because he had he's like, I had dinner with Mark. Why wasn't that a story? <laughs> Which actually kind of made me laugh. I was like, ah, that's, that is a good point. Why isn't that a story? I wish there were photos of that. Well, I'll tell you why it's you not know? a story, Derek, because it's Tom Brady. But I just wish it – dinner between – how are there no photos of that? Well, I don't Derek know. I'll take the photo. Well, I mean, maybe they're getting a VIP room in Vegas, right? Like they're just in some isolated area. Because you're right. Yeah. If there's a photo of Derek and Mark and let's say John – probably not John because they're at the Senior Bowl. But just Mark and Derek and who knows who else. Like that would go viral on Twitter, right? It would like – Yeah, just I, having ret- a fun conversation. I'd retweet it. So – I, I on one hand I do kind of get his annoyance because he's like I look they keep I keep going out there as the fa- he is the face of the franchise outside of the head coach and he has been I was texting this yesterday he's been really good for this franchise good or bad like he's bec- he is a household NFL name and he's their quarterback yeah. I think that's I think you got those in reverse I mean I know what you're saying but like he's their quarterback and when you have a quarterback that's a consistent starter he becomes a household name right. Yeah, and also like had a season where he was an MVP candidate yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Kind of felt like he saved the franchise. But, and then has just been a polarizing player because, you know, it's like, well, how, how can they get the most out of him? And all Is he great? What is he? He got paid? Like, just all the stuff that happens to every quarter. You know what's funny is I talked to a buddy in the league who was evaluating him. And I said, why would you be evaluating him? Did you get the go-ahead to evaluate him in your building? You think he's on the block? He's like, well, I'm not privy to that information. I was just told, given a list of guys, and we're looking at him. And it's just one of those. You just never know. And he would be a guy in the league right now. You just never know. You would want multiple updated grades on him, given that he's a quarterback. But his take was, I actually thought, and he's like, you know, I, I didn't really watch Raider games this year. <laughs> we didn't play him. Just watching him in a vacuum on tape, he's like, what do you think? Because he's like, I, I think he's got a really good arm. I thought he made a bunch of plays, given who he's playing with. I thought he played pretty well. And I was like, I could see how if you're just looking at it in a vacuum, this is why I think there are some mistakes when you hear like fans go, I can't believe they just signed X player off our team for that much money. When you live and die and you watch every snap like you and I did, it's funny as people think we're Raider haters, you and I watch every Raider game. Like the majority of our community does not. If anything, we should be like, you know what? You guys are you guys are basically Raider fans. You guys watch all the fucking games. Like what? <laughs> you know? But if you watched it, because I didn't think he played that well. I didn't think he played bad. I just thought he was kind of like a net neutral, just somewhere kind of in the middle. And this guy, who's not necessarily watching like in the third quarter, he's just kind of watching the talent and like, could we use this guy in our system? And he's like, I I think he's really talented. 
And I could see when you look at them like that, because I watch them go, yeah, I don't know if I'd really like them. For like, you know, in terms of like, would I trade two second round picks to get them or whatever. And he's pretty adamant that like, if he was on, if he called in right now, he'd go, why, two second, why you guys keep talking about me getting fucking traded? I'm not getting traded. Well, Derek, I'm not quite as confident as Derek. Like Derek isn't just confident guy. He's kind of over the top. Like I'm not going anywhere. And if something were to happen, like they're not in the situation where they're good enough as a team where not everything's on the table. When you constantly are under 500, it's the National Football League guy. Everything's on the table, right? Yeah, I mean, look, now you could debate, I don't know who reported it the other day, that the Lions would be open to drafting a quarterback. Now, you know, this is... Which actually, is I read that, it kind of made some sense. You're like, well, Stafford's been hurt. Yeah, but my point is Stafford... Right, like if, if they can say it about Stafford, they can say it about Carr. Isn't Herbert? I think Herbert's on Patricia's team at the Senior Bowl, so they're around him all he day. Is. Yeah. So you know, I mean, and the Bengals are the other team there. Well, we know who they're, 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 the the guy that they're drafting isn't at the Senior did Bowl. Did you see? Did I send you the clip, or did you see the clip of Patricia going up to Belichick and Josh and start screaming? You sent it to me. It is so I'm mic'd up. I'm mic'd up. I'm mic'd up. Don't say anything. <laughs> like, 10, like twenty feet away, start screaming. Like, oh my god. We'll, so we'll, two things from that, right? Will Bill is Will Brinson had a good tweet. He's like that guy wouldn't make a good informant. I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, he would when he goes into. Yeah, no, I guess you're right. Uh, he'd be a double agent. But two things come from that clip. One, Bill is obviously just what the things that Bill says when the mics are not in front of him are just so beyond human decent, right? Like what is decent, clearly. And then two, does Josh McDaniels look like the happiest person on earth? Yeah. You see him making fun of him because he's wearing the Prada shades or whatever. Like he he makes like five million dollars. Like his working for Bill for him is not that terrible, right? Yeah. Anyway, but back to the Raiders. Well, let's just go. He to me, there are two options. There's only one option for the Derek Carr to not be back, and that would be a big free agent move. And it, when I say big free agent move, maybe. The Rivers thing comes true. He goes to Tampa Bay, and Jameis is available. And, like, I, I, to me, everything would be on the table. Maybe Gruden likes Jameis. Now, I don't think you'd sign – like, if you sign a guy like Jameis or even an Andy Dalton, maybe he thinks that guy's an upgrade over Derek. Now, I'm not saying he's going to do that, and I would say that would be unlikely. The other one would be the Tom and even, like, Phillip. Gruden would get that guy and then cut or trade Derek. The other situation where they draft a guy really high, like Jordan Love or trade up to get a Tua or Herbert, that way, to me, Derek's still on the team. And Derek doesn't have much room to talk shit. Like, yeah, Derek, you're just, this happened to Alex Smith. Like, you just got to wear it. To me, the situation where it would get ugly and he would tweet something, he'd say something, and I wouldn't blame him because he's clearly been promised over and over and over he's there, is if, like, you got rid of me for Jameis Winston. Or even like Philip Rivers, because I think in Derek's mind, like I'm better than Philip right now. I don't know what he would be able to say if like Tom wanted to come and they got Tom. Like it would just, it would be one of those where hey, you know, Haven yeah. Middle Middlecoff got replaced by Mad Dog Christopher Russo. Like okay, what do we do? That's you know, one person. Yeah, when when you get replaced by the lowest rated show in the history of the Bay Area, you're like, well, you guys are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just. Right, but if, if, if like it would have been like, well, your time slot is now incumbent but by Mike Francesa. We wouldn't walk around going like, we don't want to go anywhere. We don't want to go anywhere. You know. That's true. You have to proclaim your love, too. That's part of the uh, equation. 
So I, I, I would lean he's back. I also think that the draft situation, doesn't it feel like all three guys are going to go in the top five when the dust settles? Yeah, so <clears throat> I've we've gone through it. I, to me, if there are no trades, all three of them are going in the top seven. And how is there not going to be a trade? If you had to guess right now, you think the Lions take a quarterback? Uh, I would say no. They're a trade candidate. Well, they they brought back the guys, and I think the the old lady, Martha, in her statement was like, we expect to make the playoffs next year. So if you expect to make the playoffs, you're expecting to make the playoffs. If if you know Patricia, like, I got to make the playoffs to keep my job, Matt Stafford is my only opportunity to make the playoffs. Like, drafting a quarterback at three as a backup – isn't going to help me win, right? I got to maybe trade back or take an impact player. I, I got to take an impact player, right? If you're yeah. Patricia. Yep. I, I just don't think you're thinking about, like, you don't have a seven-year contract. You don't care about Herbert. Unless you can trade Stafford for maybe, like, a late first or something and just think maybe your team could be good enough to win with Herbert, even though that feels really but, but I also in the division they play. They're going to be – they're going to be in such a premium position to trade because they'll when they're drafting at three, there's going to be two quarterbacks left. The Dolphins and, and teams like that? Well, yeah, but the Giants are behind them. So the Giants, you could do a trade with the Giants. And then the Dolphins are at five and the Chargers are at six. So I actually think three guys will go in the top six if there's no trades. I, Dolphins, I, Chargers, I, Bengals. It feels, well, it feels like everyone is just – the that the Redskins are a lock to take chase and I think we've seen over the years that maybe they're big picture thinking and maybe they go we'll go from two to four maybe we go we might still might be able to get him there because we'll get a quarterback here and then the Lions trade to get a quarterback and we'll still end up with Chase Young at four and we'll accumulate multiple second round picks you just never know no. I don't think my, I guess my point is I don't think it's out of the question that the that the Redskins trade back a couple spots a little Niner style a couple years ago and end up with Chase Young and accumulate more shit. You don't have to overthink uh, it. Like you can just take the guy, but I, 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 I would imagine that will get entertained. If the, uh, if the Chargers take a quarterback, John, it'll be the first first-round quarterback they've drafted since? Phillip Rivers? Eli Manning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good call. Who announced his? Uh, oh, I guess he's going to officially do it Friday, but um, he's retiring, well, John. Why haven't we had any of that? Do you think it's because the money got so big that we just don't have any of that? I will not play there anymore. It's like you're making so much money, who even gives a shit? It's weird. I mean, it, doesn't it feel like that happened a lot in to... our youth? Also, I think it's pretty. Yeah, I mean, but think about the guys that did it, right? Like Elway is Elway with his dad. His dad's an NF was a coach. Eli is a Manning. Like, maybe just have a little – you feel a little more comfortable kind of throwing your weight around in the NFL as opposed to if you're not that guy who's been around it, you're just like, ah, is it my place to – I should just be happy to be there. I don't know. Maybe that's part of okay, it. I think about that. The Manning said we Like, do, Jack Elway was just like, I hate that. I don't want you to play for that guy. That guy sucks. The guy, the Manning said, we do not respect the Spanoses. It wasn't about the coach. It wasn't about the – it was the owner. Think about that. It's pretty yeah. nuts. It worked out for – Definitely worked out for the Giants. I mean, they won two Super Bowls. I, I thought it was kind of symbolic that yesterday when he announced his retirement, in a 24-hour period, Jeter gets in the Hall of Fame. He retires. Obviously, Eli is a much more polarizing player than Derek. But at the end of the day, whether Eli gets in the Hall of Fame or not, and I think we'll end up getting in. I do too. Those guys, 
you could say Eli. I get Jeter has five, but in baseball, like one guy can't carry you to five. Like he, his teams were stacked, <laughs> and many of the years they were historically great. I mean, countless MB, you know, Hall of Fame level guys. And I bet if we look back, maybe that first year they won it in '96, did they beat the Braves with their first World Series. Do you remember? Um. The Marlins. Well, the Braves won it with ninety-five. Whoever they beat. No, the Marlins beat the Indians because they beat the Padres, but that was like their second World Series, right? That was ninety-seven. That, regardless, and maybe it was. But the I, my point is that were the Yankees ever underdogs in the Super Bowl? <laughs> were they ever really underdogs entering the playoffs? Maybe that first year, like they were a powerhouse yep. team. Eli, what Eli did, and to me his legend is, as an underdog, he beat Belichick yeah, and Brady twice. Just those two accomplishments to me are, they're not equivalent to the five, but man, guy, they are, they're hard to beat. He's got just two things in his back pocket that are just yep. historically, and it was the, it, he, he, led, he didn't lead the Jaguars, he led the New York freaking Giants. The one right. of, you know, many people in the league say like them, the Packers, like the Bears, the most historic franchises, and beat Belichick and Brady twice. And his plays, his throws in both those games, the Manningham throw, the Tyree catch. Mm-hmm. I'll, I mean, you and I and people around here will never forget just that performance against the Niners. He just hit after hit and just gets up in the rain. It was like this Eli guy's a fucking warrior. Yep. And just it, he's. The ultimate respect. He to me, the Hall of Fame or not, like he's just he's a he's a well, football legend. First of all, he's uh, to me he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, if we value winning, he it's not like he won as a passenger. He won in the driver's seat with those two. teams. Well, the argument the argument is if you just take out the two Super Bowls, he's Vinny Testaverde. And I but saw, who takes out the two Super well, Bowls? That's what I saw. Scott Van Pel- Scott Van Pelt was in on the argument. He's like, you, you, yeah, that's you can't do that. Like that is the if argument. you take out the two Super Bowls. If you take out the time he was the president, his political career was mostly a failure. <laughs> like, well, that's what everyone's trying to get there. Yeah, Vinny Testaverde ain't Vinny Testaverde if he's got two Super Bowls. You know, <laughs> so it's, I mean, there's a handful of guys that you can say if you take out like Dan Marino. It's like if he, but if Dan had, so I do think if Dan had, there, if you win Super Bowls, there's just a place for you to elevate to that you. It's hard to get there. But anyway, uh. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think you tweeted this, right? Like, for him to be Peyton's brother and still have his own niche uh, is, a, is a testament to him, too. And just his and to do it in that market with his – just the whole thing. Isn't uh, that an underrated part of his story? When he came in in 04, yeah. it's hard to remember this far back, but maybe Ray Lewis. Wouldn't you say Peyton Manning was viewed at the time as the best player in the NFL in the mid-2000s? Like by then, right? Winning MVPs. I mean, he, he didn't win. A, he, the knock was like, can he win a Super Bowl? But it was like Peyton Manning is the best quarterback in the NFL. Favre was older. All the young guys hadn't come in yet, like the Rodgers, Phillip, and all those guys. Aikman, Young were gone. It was kind of like a transitional period, and it was clear like this Peyton Manning character is just a fucking animal. Like it was right. like he's gonna win it. You know, it's gonna happen. And Eli just. Demanded that he got traded and didn't even fucking matter. Incredible Super Bowl. Or, I mean, incredible career. The moment. Now, he had some lows. Part of it is just an incredible story. The highs and the lows. 
That's Eli. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the faces. And the faces. Um, some headlines? Yeah. You want to r- rattle through some stuff, John? Antonio Brown, arrest warrant out for Ant- A.B.? God, if I could, if you could pick one thing to mute right now on social, it might be AB headlines for me. Locked himself in his house when uh, because someone in his house threw a rock at the moving company. It it's not shocking anymore. When everything happened, even when the Patriots cut him, I didn't. And I guess I shouldn't be shocked. Maybe I didn't even think about it that long. The spiral's pretty nuts. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about it the other day that he was just guy. He was coming off one of the greatest six year stretches in the history of the sport. This guy, this guy is not just like some loser that's out of the game. I mean, he might be a loser personally, but he's one of the greatest players we'd ever seen. Remember just the clips coming from Raider practice? It was like, God damn, he's kicking the shit out of them. It was just, it wasn't fair. It'd be like watching LeBron go to UCLA's practice and be like. This is this guy's gonna dominate with Derek. I, I feel pretty confident now, guy. It's hard to say never, but kind of feels like his career is officially over. Like, is anyone screwing with this guy? How does he get himself back? He, it, it just gets himself back to zero, which is where he was when the Raiders got him, and even then, it was like it was risky. I, I'd, then, I'd say right? he's a. I'd say he was a little above zero then, like a one okay. and a half two. He quickly went closer to zero with the Raiders, but I do think he got a little bit of benefit of the doubt, like the Raiders. When the Patriots cut him, then no one screwed with him for a while, right? And Sean Payton, who's got a little Belichick in him, that felt like that didn't go perfectly because they told him, come, don't bring anybody. Meanwhile, he's taping conversations. He's filming it all. He makes a video about, I'm in the NO, no money. It's crazy I even know all this shit. I'm going to unfollow him today. I can't take it anymore. But like we're still following. We're just kind of drawn to a train wreck. Yeah, it's over. Well, it is headed to the point right where it went from outrageous and crazy and easy to make fun of to just kind of pitiful and sad. But it like jumped the Dennis Rodman. I'm wearing like wedding dresses and I'm just way different than everyone else. To is he going to spend time in prison? Because doesn't wouldn't you say the jail feels? Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next week, but, like, inevitable at this rate. Did you know Dennis Rodman's daughter was the top soccer forward recruit in the nation? she go to North Carolina? No, she signed at Washington State because that's where her brother is. Her DJ, Dennis Rodman Jr., plays on the basketball team. He's a freshman. Is the Washington State Cougars women's soccer team really good? Yeah. They went to the Final Four. They had the number two overall pick. Only reason I know that because I was watching Rolovich's press conference and the AD was like rattling off. We just had the number two yeah. pick in women's soccer. It's what we do around here. I'm like, God, a sneaky women's soccer program. Like Rodman's, she was going to go to UCLA and then her brother went to play basketball at Washington State and she flipped to Washington State. Well, it just shows you, guy. Dennis Rodman's sperm. If you and I, if you and I had kids and Dennis Rodman had a kid all at the same time and our kids just grew up in the same communities together, women or girls or boys... There is no chance in human history that our kids would be athletic. That wouldn't just be just exponentially athletically inferior relative to that other human. Like no, <laughs> no shit. You ever watched this Rodman? He was a freak. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think AB plays another snap. I don't. I yeah, think that's over. I think it's. And over. there's probably a Netflix documentary coming at some point. I'd agree. Not produced by him. Outside of the one that he's going to put out on whatever YouTube. 
Uh, Zion? Zion pulled from the game? 17 straight uh, points in the fourth quarter. Highlight of the NBA season so far? Uh, yeah. It, well, I mean, the bar's low. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty fired up for the game. Like, damn, Zion's playing tonight. Flipped the game on with the intent to watch. I mean, his three-minute the his three minute highlight package that you can just watch anywhere is just how about his how about his little lefty flick jumper? Pretty sweet, pretty sweet. A little bit like uh, Mo Pete. Remember he had the quickie. Just the uh, Mo Pete didn't jump a little more. You don't think? Well, yeah. I'm 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 talking the the flick of the wrist though. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, no like smooth follow throughs. Just wham, bam. But it's like a big man jumper, right? Because it doesn't really jump. I'm trying to think of a yeah. It's good. I, you know, just it's very symbolic of the the NBA. I, I get you're on a minutes restriction. It is basketball. He's missed the entire season. Like, you can give him the next game off. Just let him fucking play. Kind of an embarrassing moment. Like, very. It's just the NBA is just so overprotective of everything. I, I don't know if you watched the first like five minutes <clears throat> that there was. He he's big. You know, he's 290 plus yeah. pounds, and he's out of shape. Yeah. Clearly, yeah. he's out of shape. He hasn't played a game. And Van Gundy is really negative. Do you know what's weird? Like, the, the, the NBA and the NFL are inverse. Like, in the NFL, let the talking heads be critical. When you watch a game, it's relatively positive. In basketball, it's like, God, Van Gundy is just over the top, just talking so much shit. They're talking like how you take John Moran over. It's like, guys, he's five minutes in. They interview Popovich at the end of the first quarter. That was great. And he's like, Jesus, the kid's got to be fine. He's, he's played three minutes in the game. And I was like, that's the smartest thing. Ronaldo asked, said. "What are your what are your early returns?" And Pop's <laughs> like, "That's unfair." Yeah. But I think he's going to be great. Yeah, just can we just let this thing breathe a little bit? Can you guys, your league is in shambles. Let something that everyone agrees is positive. He's got this bubbly, smiley personality. Just let it happen for a second. Jesus Christ, we got to bring came the guy in down. As a star, he's a ready-made star. I, fuck, it's just classic NBA. It pisses me off because I love Zion. I just like what he stands for. I like that he's like, yeah, we well, almost went back to Duke because I know that pisses a lot of people off. Yeah, just- he he to me he is now like I do think the league misses Steph and Clay, but but Steph specifically, Kevin Kevin Steph, Kevin too, yeah, Kevin for sure. But Steph just I I realized it last weekend. Just he is such a casual fans reason to watch. Yeah, Steph Curry is just like he's just a casual fans reason to watch, and Zion is. Like, they better all be praying that he's a great player because he's part of the solution. One million percent. For the NBA. He's part of the solution. In a league where it's just hard to get ready-made stars in the NBA. Well, they, they just, don't exist. Guys play eight months of college basketball. Not even. How many how many games did LaMelo play and land down under? Seven? Yeah. So. A uh, um, couple. I got three assistant coach headlines. You're, you got two. I had one. Yeah, you go. Well, Kubiak's going to be the offensive coordinator for the Vikings. Can't stay away. Well, I never understand the guy that has heart issues and might die. And he's like, yeah, I just, I just can't be a head coach. Well, it's not like your hours aren't that different. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I don't have to think about the other side. Okay, okay. I mean, you're, still, you're consumed with the sport. It's like, Gary, your condition that I feel like almost – do you remember the video that went viral when he was with the Texans and hit the ground? Yeah. It's like, and then he had it I'm again in Denver. Situ- at, yeah. I'm laughing at like the addiction, but the whole, that's not funny. I, I'm laughing at how just nuts football guys are. Remember the story you were telling me is like, 
you know, Tedford, he's been thinking about like maybe Washington or the Oregon OC job. It's like, Jeff, yeah. you're, you might going to have a heart attack. Just retire. These guys are, they're crackheads and football's the crack. And they can't no like if I gotta if I gotta go heart, it's gonna be calling outside zone. <laughs> you know, it's just give me a heart attack as I dial up Dalvin Cook. And you know, in fairness, that's probably how he'd like to go. I that's a good hire because Gary's an elite coach. Petten kept. Duh. Right. Yeah. Well, I a mean, lot of Packer on. fans because he got destroyed. I know. I saw you. Uh, Josh McCown, potentially offensive coordinator for the Eagles. I mean, he's he's older than most of the young coaches in the league. So why not? That's a good one. That actually makes a lot of sense, right? Like it's not that if you that don't might be really good for Carson. If you don't feel good about yeah that for Carson, you don't feel the good problem about is the guys Carson will be looking over his shoulder. You've got like a third quarterback. Just <laughs> like why is McCown running sprints after practice? <laughs> That's true. He does have a great jawline, does he not? He, we already know he can play without getting any reps. He does have a great jawline. It's almost too good. It's almost like a. It's almost too much. Kubiak, man, it's just guy. That's insane. He just they and the the doctor. There has to be some doctors that are just pleading with him, Derek, Gary. And he's like, I'm telling you, it's like you, you basically work bankers' hours. Like, yeah, sure, buddy. <laughs> These guys are nuts. Yep. If if, if, right. if John Middlecoff ever has millions in the bank and I have heart issues, I'll be at home. You may not need heart issues to shut it down no, either. If no, millions in no, the bank, I probably won't. <laughs> Uh, all right. Okay. But I mean, you're at home now, you know, it's like you grind from home. Exactly. Just keep on grinding guy. Promo code ham. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.